Hi, this is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. Today, I'm going to talk to you about a terrific subject, joy. Joy, 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 joy. Joy to the world. I want to share with you a book written by Kate DiCamillo, and it's a lovely story about a man and a monkey. <laughs> the week before Christmas, a monkey appeared on the corner of Fifth and Vine. He was wearing a green vest and a red hat, and with him was a man, an organ grinder, who played music for the people on the streets. In the daytime, when the sun shone, the sequins on the monkey's vest glittered and flashed from the window of her apartment. Francis could see the tin cup he held out to the people who walked by. Sometimes, if it was very quiet for just a minute, she could hear the music. It came across the crowded sidewalk and up through the windows, and even though the organ grinder and the monkey were just across the street, the song sounded sad and far away, like the music from a dream. Where do they go at night? Francis asked. Who? said her mother. The man and his monkey. Oh, Frances, said her mother, don't ask me questions that I can't answer. I'm sure they go somewhere. Everyone goes somewhere. But where, said Frances. I have no idea, said her mother. Just turn around. Frances turned. Her mother pinned the bottom of her robe. There, said her mother. Now all you have to do is hem it, and you'll be ready. Have you memorized your line? Yes, said Frances. Are you excited about the pageant? Yes, said Frances. And she turned away from her mother and looked out the window at the monkey. That night, Frances made herself stay awake. She hummed a song and set her multiplication tables. She named the capitals of each state, St. Paul, Tallahassee, Harrisburg, one after the other. Every time she felt like she might fall asleep, she shook her head, pinched her arm, and opened her eyes wide. Finally, at midnight, Frances got out of bed crept down to the hallway in the living room. She looked down into the street and she saw the organ grinder. But where was the monkey? Her heart thumped, then she saw him, tucked inside the man's overcoat, his small red hat still on his head. Look at me, Francis whispered. Look up here. It was the organ grinder who looked up. He took his cap from his head and raised it to her. They sleep on the street, Francis said the next morning, even when it snows. Oh, Francis, said her mother. Maybe could they come for dinner? No, they can't come for dinner, said her mother. Why not? They're strangers, that's why. Eat your breakfast, Francis. You've got a big day ahead of you. All that day it snowed, but by evening in time for the pageant, <clears throat> the sky cleared. The snow was so deep that Frances had to wear her boots for the walk to the church. The organ grinder and the monkey were still on their corner. Frances ran up and put a nickel in the monkey's cup. I'm going to the Christmas play tonight, she said. 
I get to wear wings. And I have one line to say. Do you want to hear it? Francis, her mother said, we're going to be late. Let's get going. You can come, Francis said, turning back. The play is at the church. It's just down the street. You can both come. The organ grinder smiled at her, but his eyes looked sad. At the church, everyone else was already in costume. Hurry, the choir director said as he helped Frances put on her wings. The shepherds walked out first, and then the choir director pointed to Frances. Now, he whispered. Frances stood very still. She opened her mouth, but the words could not come out. Say it, whispered one of the shepherds. Say it, hissed an angel who did not have any lines of her own. The camel, which was really two people, swayed nervously back and forth, but Francis could not speak. All she could think about was how cold it was outside and how sad the organ grinder's eyes were, even when she smiled. The world was quiet. Everyone waited. Then, at the back of the sanctuary, the door opened. Francis smiled. Behold, she shouted. I bring you tidings of great joy. And because the words felt so right, Francis said them again. Great joy. I pray that this year, your services, your home, your heart will be a place of great joy and it will bring glad tidings of joy to others. And now I'd like to just read from a book that's called Good News of Great Joy, another anthology of Advent readings. This is entitled Departing in God's Peace. Luke 2:29. Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace. I was serving as Sarah's pastor when I got the phone call. I knew of Sarah mostly by phone. She moved to the retirement community about 90 miles away from our congregation years before I became the pastor. I visited her a few times on her birthday, but mostly encountered her through phone calls every six to eight weeks. This phone call was from Sarah's nephew. She was now under hospice care and not expected to live much longer. She asked if I could visit. By the time I got to her, she was awake and conscious, but barely speaking. I asked if Sarah remembered me. She nodded yes. I asked if I could pray for her. She nodded yes. I asked if there was anything about which I should pray. She did not respond. After a few moments of silence, I prayed for God's comforting presence and the peace of the Holy Spirit to embrace Sarah. Those attending her said Sarah had not talked for a few hours. I mentioned the names of her friends in our congregation. Her eyes suggested that she recognized the names, but still she said nothing. I remembered Sarah once told me she loved the Psalms. In the silence, I started to recite Psalm 23. I was startled halfway through the Psalm. Sarah started to say the words with me. After that, I began Psalm 100. She recited along with me. We said 121 psalm in unison. I was afraid I could not remember any other psalms correctly, so I opened my Bible and read Psalm 8. Sarah recited it from memory. We read three or four other psalms together. 
I offered a prayer of thanks for our time together, saying those psalms and left. Sarah died later that night. The message I received was that she never spoke again after I left the room. Everyone in that room was amazed at how comforted and contented Sarah seemed as she recited the words of Psalms. When the words seemed to fail her, she could recall clearly the promises of Scripture. Those words from Scripture etched in her mind were not only the last words she spoke, but the source of peace during her final hours. Simeon's Song of Peaceful Departing is a mixture of pieces of the Psalms and songs of ancient Israel drawn together to express the comfort and joy he feels as he holds Jesus in his arms. He sees this small child, the Savior of the world. This perception bubbles forth in his song. Singing his song helps us rest in the assurance of God's promise as we embrace God's presence with us. The peace of God's presence releases us to go wherever God sends us. Simeon's song is a perfect Advent hymn. It acknowledges that we live in the tensions of God's past, having come to us in Jesus, God's present activity currently working among us, and God's fullness of presence anticipated for the future. Whether this fullness appears in our lifetime or not, we can depart in the peace of God's presence already with us, taking up God's presence with us as Simeon takes the baby Jesus in his arms. We are confident that God's salvation will reach its full purposes. The few verses surrounding Simeon's canticle paint a portrait of faithful disciple receiving God's peace. He is a model of what it means to receive Christ. Simeon first catches a glimpse of God's peace approaching in this family with a young child. Next, he holds the gift of peace, taking the baby Jesus in his arms while he sings. Finally, he, sets the, he says he is set free to go in peace. Singing the canticle helps us to see, celebrate, and peacefully accept God's coming to us. Master, now we are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul. That is Luke chapter 2, verses 29 through 35. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a great day of remembering the great joy of Jesus.